Hello, and welcome to episode 144 of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. This is Jeremy Bement, your host, saying, Hi, how's things going? Hope everything's well. Things are pretty good here in Minnesota. It's fall. It's my favorite time of the year. It's September. Uh, the weather's cooling down, and uh, things are going good. Other than not enough Doctor Who comics to read. Uh, granted, yes, yes, I know I haven't done a lot of reviews of past Doctor Who stories. I'm going to try to remedy that in the next few episodes. But... Um, trust me, this episode is a great one. You're going to, you're going to love it as former president Trump would say. Anyway, on this episode of Dr. Who panel to panel, we will do like we always do. We will check out the news, which there isn't all that much. So that'll go by really quick. And then we will go open the Pandorica on the newest offering from Dr. Who magazine issue number 582. That is the latest part of the everlasting summer. And then we're going to have an interview with Matthew Dow Smith. Uh, We haven't had him on for quite some time. It's been several years since I've talked to Matthew. But uh, he is one of the three artists who has worked on the Doctor Who special 2022 that is coming out next month from Titan Comics. And I wanted to uh, kind of whet people's appetites for what they can expect for this special. Uh, Make sure you let your local comic book shop know that you want this when it comes out because it's going to be great. Dan Slott is an amazing writer and when you have Matthew Dow Smith and Christopher Jones and Mike Collins all doing artwork in this book, it's a win-win-win-win situation. So make sure you get yourself a copy. But I had a really nice discussion with Matthew Dow Smith about his work on the special, his work in Doctor Who comics, uh, comics in general, Doctor Who in general. Uh, It was a great chat, and uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. So that is what this episode is going to be about. Um, I just wanted to also add in here, uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, if you could do me a favor, I have a kind of a reward thing going on right now. I would like to get some reviews, some positive reviews on iTunes. And if you can go to iTunes and leave me a positive review for my podcast, take a screenshot of it on your phone or a snapshot of it, and uh, let me know via either Twitter or on my Facebook page, and show me that you left a positive review, I will get in touch with you, I'll get your address, and I'll send you a spiffy brand new Doctor Who panel-to-panel button that I am making with my button machine that I just got. So if you want a cool button, a little freebie, a little thank you gift from me, uh, make sure you go to iTunes, leave a positive review, and let me know about it. Like I said, take a screenshot of it or a snapshot of it, and let me know on Twitter or on Facebook that you did so, and I will send you at my own personal expense a button that says Dr. Who Panel Panel with a cool logo on it. So I hope that will entice you to do so, and uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode, and now let's dive into this episode. Time to take a look at the news on this episode of Doctor Who Panel Panel. Let's dive right into the calendar for September and see what came out since we're almost to the end of the month. Uh, first thing we'll take a look at is Wednesday, September 7th. That is when Doctor Who Magazine issue number 578 came out over here in the States. Uh, for those of you who collect the physical copy, make sure you check your comic shop for that issue. And then we will go to Thursday on September 15th, which was not too long ago, about a week or so ago. That's when Doctor Who Magazine issue number 582 came out digitally and over in the UK. And that is where we will be looking when we take a look at the uh, Everlasting Summer Part 3, which is the review part of Into the, or the Pandoric Opens. It will be coming up here next. 
Outside of that, there's no Doctor Who on the foreseeable future outside of the Doctor Who special 2022 that's supposed to be coming out right now. As far as I know, it's still they're still shooting for Wednesday, October 5th for that to come out. I hope that's the case because a lot of us have been dying to read that since it was first announced way back earlier this year. But outside of that, there is no new Doctor Who news Um I'm, this has been the quietest Doctor Who comic news has been in a long time. We're kind of at uh, the the end of the Jodie era um, and the beginning of the Shudigatwa era, going from the 13th to the 14th Doctor, and uh, we have the David Tennant uh, centenary specials coming up. So I'm not sure if Titan knows what they want to do or if they are going to do anything. But they've been really quiet, and um, I, I hope that they have something big in the works, something to tide us over until uh, we get into the new Russell T. Davies era of Doctor Who. So, uh, guess what? That's it for the news on this episode of Panel to Panel. On to a review. It's time to open the Pandoric on this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel, and this time around we are going to take a look at Part 3 of The Everlasting Summer. This story continues to be written by Jacqueline Rayner, with art by Russ Leach, coloring by Mike Summers, lettering by Roger Langridge, and the editors are Marcus Hearn, Alan Barnes, and Jason Quinn. This is the newest strip, which is in Doctor Who Magazine issue number 582, which just came out a week or two ago, so let's dive into it. We start off this strip where we left off last time with the Doctor going to the TARDIS to check on Dan. And when she gets there, she discovers the TARDIS is covered in uh, vines or thorny vines. And she is still being, has been pursued by these two uh, characters that are kind of dinosaur looking ones with uh, sharp beaks. And the Doctor tricks them into using their sharp beaks to attack the rose bush or the, ro- or the thorny vines that are attacking or wrapped around the TARDIS to uh, free the TARDIS so she can get inside to check on Dan. She finds out that Dan is kind of in uh, beat-up shape. One of his arms looks like it's been aged, and that's when she kind of puts two and two together and realizes somebody's playing with time and kind of confirms her suspicions. And that's when she decides that uh, she needs to find Jimpa urgently, and so she tells Dan to stay in the TARDIS waiting with Stripe, his little uh, cute bee friend that he has. When the Doctor goes goes to leave the TARDIS, she discovers that the winds are picking up and that there's a time storm going on. She grabs the two dinosaur characters and takes them inside the TARDIS to wait it out. And that's when we go to check on Yaz, who Yaz is checking on Jinpa, who has been following him around. And that's when she finds this control room uh, with some computers and stuff, trying to find out what's going on. And that's when she gets hit over the head with Jimpa, or Jimpa hits over the head with a with a vase uh, and smashes it. She comes to, and that's when Jimpa reveals his plan that he uh, is trying to get things ready to uh, for the Beelings to to uh, survive or to thrive. And uh, apparently, his plans are kind of falling apart. And that's when we also see that the Doctor and Dan and the two dinosaurs are on their way back. Uh, from the TARDIS, and Yaz says that she needs to go warn them that uh, the the time storm kicking up is going to harm Dan, 
So once she goes out into the, or leaves the building and goes out into the, the world, that's when the time storm starts picking up and we end the strip with, yeah, starting to age. And that's the end of the strip. My review of this strip, uh, I thought it was okay. There's several parts that I didn't really care for. Um, it's not so much the story itself. I thought the story was okay as to what they're doing. Uh, they're furthering the story along in their their pages that they have. But the structure of the story kind of bothered me. On the first page, the doctor mentions that, uh, to quote her, but at least you didn't get your beaks out and chop up my thorny or my thorn bush here which is what causes the two dinosaur characters to use their beaks to chop up the thornbush. The problem is that you see them opening up their beaks on page one, and when we go to the top of page two, the doctor's already in the TARDIS checking on Dan. It was an abrupt jump for me and something that I don't care for in a comic story. It's just too much of a, of a, of a jump. You also then, on page three, when the doctor talks about how there's a time storm going on and time storms are no joke, uh, to quote her, she says, I've lost friends to them before. And we have a panel that takes up about a third of the page showing uh, one person in particular. It looks to be Sarah Kingdom from the Dalek Master Plan who died in a time storm who aged rapidly. And I'm sure that's what this panel is supposed to be alluding to. However, if you're not a super big Doctor Who fan or uh, somebody who just follows the new series the you know, and not the old stuff, you're going to have no idea who this person is or what happened to them or how they died. Um, and you're just going to go, you're, there's not enough context here to say who this is. Back in the old days, you would, you would probably have an editor's box here or a writer's note saying who this person is and how they died or something like that. Just to give context to the people who might not know who this is. Anyway, moving on. We have another kind of abrupt... Uh, page ending on the page where Yaz gets hit over the head with the vase from uh, uh, Jinpar. Jinpar hits over the vase. There's a smash sound effect. And then the next page, Yaz is coming to already. To me, there wasn't enough of a, a gap to show that she had been knocked unconscious at least for a little while, enough to, even for Jinpar to tie her up because we see two, two panels in that her hands are tied behind her back. So having a, a cutaway to another scene or maybe the doctor and Dan and company going through the jungle, even for a couple panels to show that they're making their way towards them would be something to kind of give you a, a more of a break in between the time Yaz gets hit over the head and the time she comes to. To me, it was just kind of instantaneous that she gets knocked out, but she didn't really get knocked out because she's awake already. Um... So that kind of bothered me. You also have a, a little bit of a abrupt thing around the very last page where you see in panel three that Yaz is still tied up. And she's telling Jim Parr that uh, she needs to go tell warn them about the time storm and how it's going to affect Dan. Jim Parr says, yes, you can go ahead. And then the next panel, Yaz is already outside. I guess that's not too much of a jump. You can understand what's going on, but to me, it seemed a little little bit of a jar. Not as much as the other ones. It didn't bother me near as much, but there you have it. So overall, I thought I would give this two and a half out of five stars. I thought it was okay for what it was. It continued the, this everlasting summer along, and 
Again, I'm hoping that I'll end on a, a pretty sound, solid note when we get to part four. So here's to what's going to happen next time. Today on Doctor Who Panel to Panel, I am getting reinquited with a, a longtime Doctor Who comic artist who has a uh, new book coming out here shortly, Matthew Dow Smith. Matt, thanks for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. Always a, always a delight to talk to you. Oh, thanks. Uh, we haven't chatted for quite some time, and uh, you are part of the Doctor Who special that's coming out uh, in October that mm-hmm. was written by Dan Slott, and uh, you are kind of doing the backup story, if I remember right. I am. Well, I'm I'm doing the main story. Um, there's okay. a, uh, it's it's a 40 something page story, if memory serves. Um, but, uh, you know, there are there are a couple other artists involved. There's uh-huh. some some link arts and um, a little backup story oh, from okay. uh, my column. So it's it's um, yeah, it's a fun little setup um, and a good excuse to get as many of us uh to draw it as possible, um, and to have Dan finally write a Doctor Who story, which he's, you know, been dying to do probably for uh, for as long as I've been working in comics. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, how did you get involved in this? Was this just uh, Titan Comics contacting you, saying, "Would you be interested?" Or no, I just, you know, I've I followed Dan. Um, I followed Dan on Twitter for several years now, and we've. We've met a couple times at conventions and uh, chatted. You know, we're we're both um, very public Doctor Who nerds. Um, uh-huh. And I just, I told my agent, I think like on a Monday, and I was I was wrapping up a project with Mark Miller um, for Netflix, his okay. Jupiter's Legacy comics, and I said to yep. my agent, I was like, okay, you know, I've got my I've got. I've got my other projects that I'm doing myself that I'm writing and drawing. And I just, I, I want to really focus on that. And I think that was like a Monday. And then Tuesday I get a, I get a DM from Dan on Twitter saying, Hey, what are you doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, Dan, what am I doing? Uh-huh, why are um, you asking? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so we just kind of talked, uh, you know, he, he gave me sort of, uh, an idea of what he was going to do, that he was going to do this special. And, you know, it's, it's Dr. Who. I never say no to Dr. Who and it's Dan, who I think is, you know, one of the premier comic book writers right now. And, you know, one of my favorite people. So it's like, uh-huh. you just, you okay, I'm going to, I'll put this other stuff kind of to the side and we'll, we'll do this. And, you know, luckily Titan was on board um, to have me come back and, and do some Dr. Who stuff. It's the first Dr. Who thing I'd done for them. And, okay. um, you know, it was a, it, it was a, a big project and hopefully, um, hopefully something that people are gonna, gonna really enjoy. I mean, um, everyone involved, you know, we're just all such huge Dr. Who fans. So, uh-huh. I mean, really it's, it's, it's just one of those things you just don't say no to. You're an sure. idiot to say no to a project <laughs> like this. <laughs> so, so it's you and Christopher Jones, uh, yeah. doing the main story and then yeah. Mike Collins is doing the backup story. Yeah. He's doing Mike Collins is doing like the nice doctor stuff, if I remember right. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, Mike's great and I've uh, been a huge fan of his for years. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does, what he did. I have no idea. <laughs> so, so without giving away too much, how, how is combining kind of your artwork and Christopher Jones's artwork? Is it two separate stories or kind of an interwoven story with it's a, your two art it's styles a story within a story. Um, okay. And obviously I won't, 
I won't give give away too much, but it's um, Martha Jones and um, the Tenth Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is my first time drawing David Tennant as the Doctor in a long time. Um, so and so Chris, uh, who's a, a fantastic artist, if you if you haven't read his, um, I'm sure you've read his Third Doctor yeah. stories. Yeah, they're just just insanely good, um, and also. Old, old friend of mine, love the guy to death. So this is the first time we've gotten to work together on something that I can think of. Okay. Um, so he kind of, he's drawing the, the he drew the framing um, uh, part of the story. And then I drew the main part of the story, which has, which jumps around a bit. You see a lot of um, Doctor Who characters that, um, that I've actually never gotten to draw before, which was, which was really exciting. And then uh-huh. um, there's, there's some, some very big surprises in this one that you get, you get the script from Dan and you go, are they really going to let us do this? Okay, <laughs> let's go. Um, and it is Dan. I, I can confidently say that there's a page in this special that is the most insane thing I've ever been asked to draw. Oh, really? um, and I don't know how anyone is ever going to be able to top it. So we'll <laughs> see. I just hope people like it. Uh huh. So, so what was it like working with Dan Slott doing one of his stories? I, considering how big of a Doctor Who geek he is, um, I'm, I'm sure going through even like the first read through of the script, finding out what the story was about, uh, was a treat just to see whatever references he's thrown in or or how he's crafted a Doctor Who story. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, as a fan, um, you know, I, I get very excited and very protective because I get to read the story before anybody else does, which is great. Um, yeah. You know, but also as a as someone who writes as well, you know, it's it's like a master class in how you write a comic book story and how you compress information and how you expand information. I mean, Dan, really, there's a reason why Dan's one of the biggest writers out there. And so it's it, it really was kind of fascinating from a technical standpoint which would probably be boring to most people but i just you know <laughs> pouring uh-huh. over the script going oh and it's you know he um as, as someone who's written a few doctor who stories of my own you know these the voices of the doctors um when you're writing them i think people sort of fall into a couple of cliches um you know there are easy ways to kind of make it sound like David Tennant's doctor or Matt Smith's yeah, doctor. Yeah, kind of catchphrases or just yeah, the, the, the way he, the, he speaks. I've I've fallen into a few of the cliches myself, but I, I you know, Dan just just nailed it. Um, you know, I I saw some of the letter pages and it's just, you know, it's it's absolutely spot on Doctor Who dialogue. I mean it, it really it's just stunning to me. Because I know how hard that is. Uh-huh. It's not as easy as you think. Um, and Dan, you know, whether it's, it's you know, his gifts as a writer or, or the fact that he's just such an insanely huge Doctor Who fan, <laughs> you know, he nails it. I mean, I think it's probably, you know, I, I've been lucky in all the Doctor Who stuff that I've done. You know, I've been I've been working with, you know, huge, huge fans of the of the show and. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I, I think that's one of the fun things about the comics is that it attracts people like Dan and me who, you know, we don't we're all busy doing our other things and usually swamped in in other projects. And 
you know, you say Doctor Who and we basically turn into, you know, 14 year old kids. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> you know, we just start giggling at our desks. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there are worse ways to make a living. Oh, definitely. So, so like you said, it's been quite some time since you've drawn a Doctor Who comic. Yeah. Uh, what was it like going back and doing it again? I, from what I remember, the the last time you did something for Doctor Who, uh, wasn't it like for the Prisoners of Time? Yeah, it was the um, it was the Matt Smith Doctor uh, issue of Prisoners Prisoner of okay. Time. And um, yeah, uh, were was that about the time? I, I'm trying to remember back to when we chatted before because. I still remember your art style kind of changed, switch, yeah. kind of changed, and wasn't that you going from like traditional pencil yeah. doing stuff to doing stuff digitally? Yeah, that was that was one of the first projects I did digitally. It was actually kind of the first time um, I was able to draw Doctor Who the way I wanted it to look. I okay. wanted it to look more realistic and less cartoony. I wanted it to look as close to the show as possible. So that of of all those. Doctor Who comics I had done at IDW, that's the one that I still really like because that was really kind of like, this is what I always wanted it to look like. But I just mm-hmm. I just couldn't do that on paper. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I remember reading the, the Prisoners of Time series, and when I saw that issue that you had done, seeing how it, it was still, you could identify that it was your art, but it was a definite shift. And, yeah. And a shift, I thought, for the better. I thought it, it, it was a... a a really nice, well rendered, um, more kind of a grittier style. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about approaching it this time was it was a little weird um, coming back. My style has shifted as I've gotten more comfortable working digitally, and I've started doing all these comics on my own that I write and draw in color myself. Uh-huh. So my art has has continued to sort of evolve as I've. As frankly, as there are less people saying, that looks terrible, don't do that. <laughs> I can just do whatever I want. Um, so uh, when I came back to do this one, I you know, I set out to just draw it the way I would draw any of my own books. And, you know, I, it may not be necessarily what people expect. It's, you know, maybe a little more, uh-huh. uh, a little, um, a little scratchier. Um, one part Sean Phillips, one part Bill Sienkiewicz, a little bit of Mike Mignola uh, in there. That's yeah. you know, these uh-huh. are the people. These are the people I I really look up to artistically. So it's it, it's a different look again. It's it's similar to the the Prisoners of Time, but you know, to I I thought that that was going to be you know kind of a sticking point. I've had experiences doing other licensed projects where like this is really really great, but we don't like it. Can you redraw this entire book? Which yeah. I've done uh, only a couple times, thankfully. But, um, you know, they, they were all, they all really seemed to like it and, um, you know, let me do it the way I would do any of my other projects. And I think that's, um, you know, that's a really, that's a really great thing. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. I think we all as creators kind of get in our own heads about, you know, oh, this is my artistic vision and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, people have to read this and people have to enjoy it. So there is a balance between like, the weird stuff in my brain uh, and, and the book that the people have to be able to read and enjoy the book. And, and um, you know, they gave me a lot of freedom to kind of do it the way I wanted. And I really, I enjoyed kind of coming back and working with a, a writer I'd never worked with before and such a good one. And it does, mm-hmm. it pushes you to do different things. 
And, you know, again, I don't want to give anything away, but I, I got to draw something. I got to draw Doctor Who characters that I never thought in a million years I'd get to draw. So, you know. Well, that's good. I, I'm, I'm sure it's always a good thing when you get a script and you get to, there's different parts or, or scenes or pages where you go, oh, I can't wait to draw that. Or, oh, I've never drawn yeah. this before. I mean, especially with Doctor Who, my attitude is like, if you get a script and you're and you're reading it and there's no point at which you think oh man how am i going to draw this then you then they haven't written a good script <laughs> i would say i would say there's probably a point on almost every page where i went i have no idea how i'm going to draw this i'm just going to have to figure this out uh-huh. um and that's that's what we did the 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 script that you got from from dan did he give you a lot of uh leeway as far as how you to do the the visual aspects of things as far as like laying out the pages and and yeah, yeah. Uh, letting you be creative on on the visual side is the way he is being creative on the the storytelling side yeah i mean every every writer is different every writer gives you you know different amounts of detail um some writers do tell you like um you know there are three tiers mm-hmm. tier one three panels that sort of force you to lay out a page a certain way. Yeah. But you know, Dan's Dan's script was, you know, there was a lot of leeway there. There was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of space where he just is like, you know, I want these things to be going on just, you know, however you can make that work. Um, you know, that's one of the things about comics is that it's a collaborative, uh, collaborative art form. And it's Mm -hmm. what makes it, you know, both incredibly exciting and utterly terrifying pretty much constantly. Um, you know, cause you're, you're, I'm trying to bring a writer's idea of what it's going to look like to life, but also, you know, bring it to life the way that, that I see it. And yeah, I mean, Dan, Dan was a, a fantastic partner, uh, in that. And I'm, I'm sure the other artists in, involved, Oh, and the best part of this is I got to work with Charlie Kirkhoff again. Oh, my, that's good. My longtime colorist on every all the Doctor Who stuff I did uh, at IDW, and he and I haven't worked together for years. He's a fantastic colorist, and really, yes, he is. Sorry, that was I went from Dan to oh, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie. Uh, uh, Charlie, you know, uh, it was great to to get to work with with Charlie again. It, it literally has probably been about four or five years since we've worked together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Charlie is a, a, a great colorist, and you also, like we've said, the story ha- features artwork by you and by Christopher Jones, by Mike mm-hmm. Collins. Did the the three of you artists kind of share pages with each other, kind of bounce ideas off each other? Not really. Um, I came in kind of late in the game, um, so Chris had already drawn his linking sections, which was, which okay. was interesting, because... You'll see in the comic, I have to work his panels into my pages, oh, um, okay. which was an interesting challenge. But, you know, you, you get these, they send you this packet of pages from Christopher Jones and you're like, wait, I got to draw in the same <laughs> book as uh-huh. this. So, um, you know, and then Chris and I kind of went back and forth, uh, talked a little bit um, about sort of, you know, how, how to integrate the images. But yeah, I mean, it literally was just like, here's a bunch of stuff. You're on your own. Go for it. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, so it was just me and Dan, basically. Okay. Uh, the, insane, insane things to draw. Uh-huh. 
uh, also, like we said, this is, it's been some time since you've done Doctor Who. Uh, have you always had the, since you got done doing the, the Doctor Who stuff for IDW until now, have you had the urge to, to do more Doctor Who in that interim? Or has, now that you've done this, uh, this special, are you like eager to do more Doctor Who? I mean, you know, it's funny. I will do Doctor Who. Like I said, it's it's one of those few things that I'll, I'll you know, you ask me to do a Doctor Who thing, whether as a writer, or as an artist, and I'll do it because I, I just I love Doctor Who. I've I've been a Doctor Who fan since I was six years old, mm-hmm. you know, um, but also sort of at the same time, you're uh I got to do it, I think, for three and a half, four years off and on, um, you know, where I was doing at least a story arc or two every year. And and there there is a point where you just have to say, I I had my shot at it. I did. I did these stories. These are now part of sort of Doctor Who fandom time time to step aside and and let other people have their fun with it but at the same time uh-huh. you're like no it's mine, Go it's away. mine. Let's do it. <laughs> these are my um, toys these are my toys <laughs> um you know so there's there you know it's 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 a weird thing because doctor who is such a part of my life um both as a creator and as a fan and it it's such a huge influence that you know we are we are very possessive of doctor who in a way that in, in a way that we aren't necessarily about most other comic book properties. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe your Superman's or your your X-Men or your your Wolverines, things like that, where you know, people people are very, very possessive of those characters. Um, but you know, most people don't feel that way about Ambush Bug. No one even remembers <laughs> Ambush Bug. I'm weird and very possessive about Ambush Bug because I grew up on Ambush Bug too, but that's another uh-huh. story. Yeah. But so it it is it it is kind of like a it is a complicated thing, you know. I did. I got to do a lot of Doctor Who. I got to write some Doctor Who stuff. I got to write Doctor Who comics, you know, for the BBC that were in the were in the box set for the fiftieth uh-huh. uh, anniversary and a few other things. And yeah, you know, never in the million years would have ever thought that I would get to do that. So I got to do a bunch of Doctor Who stuff, and then there are all the other people who were dying to do it. And you do at a certain point just have to say, okay, okay, it is time for other people. <laughs> it's time for other people to do it. Uh-huh. You know, but when the other people are like Dan Slot, <laughs> um, you know, you just yeah. you, you you gotta go. But yeah, no, uh-huh. there's and, there is and not only that, but you, you you get to go right. from being the the creator to the the spectator or the uh, you know, oh, I can't wait to enjoy this as, as a reader. Yeah, and you know, let's be honest. The, some of the stuff that that Rachel and Jody and there are some absolutely amazing people that Titan has brought in to do these comics and the you know the Paul Cornell, um, Chris Jones comics. I mean, you know, uh-huh. those those are comics that would not would that would not happen if I had you know if I had had the power to just you know do Doctor Who forever. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's some really great stuff. Titan's done a, a, a really great job with the license, and I, I hope they continue to do more. And, um, you know, I hope that there will be more specials like this Dan Slot thing. I mean, yeah. we got an Adam Hughes cover. Mm-hmm. And I have never had an Adam Hughes cover on anything I've been doing <laughs> in comics, and I've been doing comics for 30 years. 
Yeah. You know, they sent that to me and I'm just like, wait, this is a joke, right? (laughs) (laughs) This, this this isn't really happening. Uh Um, you know, so it's, it, I will always draw Doctor Who if they ask me. I will always write Doctor Who when they ask me. But other people are also doing absolutely incredible work with the character. So sure, um, yeah, it's you know the the time between the your IDW stuff and now with the the special, um, it's been quite a few years. And I know you've been doing a lot of stuff in, in between. Um, can you give us uh, kind of a rundown of stuff that you have worked on and stuff that you have coming up? Well, I at IDW I went from Doctor Who to the X Files, <laughs> which was yeah, which I really years. enjoyed. I'm a big X Files oh, fan as well. Oh, thank so you. thank you. That in, in a lot of ways, um, in a lot of ways, it was an even better book for me than Doctor Who because I love Doctor Who so much that I nothing I ever did was good enough. So you're you're really every single page you're just sweating. And the X Files, which I I really really like, but I was never. I was never as obsessed with it as say Doctor Who. Um, yeah. So it, 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 I had a little. I was a little more relaxed with it. Um, and um, so, so yeah. So that that was interesting. Also, a fan of the show. I'm not putting down the show uh, at all. Though we could have a whole other podcast about the revival. But that's an. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that was that was. I did that for like four years and got to write some of that uh, as well. And uh-huh. then. Um, Good God! Well, I've done so many things since then. I know you've <laughs> so done a lot of uh, just create your own stuff. Well, the, when the pandemic came, um, when the pandemic came, um, there was that weird period, kind of where everything shut down in comics, and none of us uh-huh. really knew. Uh, none of us really knew what was going to happen, and uh, all the projects that we were on, um, you know, our editors had to make a call of like, do I? do we just sort of pause this now? Do we have them finish it? Um, luckily the project I was on when the pandemic, when the lockdown happened, there was just finish it. We'll put it out whenever. So I, I finished that, which was, uh, another issue of house of whispers for, um, uh, vertigo. And I think when it was finally released, it came out under the black label for DC. Um, so I, I, uh, I, but we were all kind of, I was just sort of sitting at my desk going, I don't know what I'm going to do. Is this the mm-hmm. end? <laughs> Is this the yeah. end of, of comics? And so I sort of decided, well, you know what, if I'm going down, if, if I'm never going to be able to really, if I have to go and get a real job, I'm going to start doing, I'm going to start doing some of the comics that I always wanted to do, but could never kind of get anyone interested at a company to, to pick up. So uh-huh. I started doing that. I've been doing that. Um, I did that for about a year and a half where I just was putting out weekly free comics on my Twitter and um, Tumblr and a few other places. Mm-hmm. Um, did what, three or four books just as serialized, serialized on Twitter. Um, uh-huh. And then the, the last one of those I did was something called Amelia Shadow's Daughter of Darkness, which is um, just, a, a, I always, I always wanted to do uh a magic character, like a, a magic superhero character. So I came up with my sort of own twist on, on that. And that's uh-huh. been going, I'm still doing that. I took a, I took a break specifically actually to do the projects, the, the project with uh, Mark Miller, the Jupiter's legacy project. Yeah. And then did this. <laughs> um, and, and then, then did the doctor who thing. And now I just next, uh, next week, which will probably be several weeks after, uh, after this comes out. Um, 
I'll start posting um, those the new chapter. I'm now in book three of Amelia's Shadows. Be putting the new chapters up weekly on Twitter. Okay. Um, so I have a Patreon for a very small group of people <laughs> to support <laughs> support me making comics for free. But yeah, I, I and I went back and I did some I did some stuff. The other thing I did during that break um, between Amelia's Shadows books is I went and did. Um, several issues of black manta for dc which is another one of those things where you're like oh yep yeah it's like you want me to do what uh, okay <laughs> sure well so kind, of, kind of out of the blue for you yeah that was very there's just like a fun like three or four month period where it's like yeah i went from you know jupiter's legacy to black manta to doctor who and then back to black manta because they asked me to come back and do more and um that was a really exciting uh really exciting four months or so. Um, mm-hmm. And now, and since then, now I'm doing things I can't even talk about. Um, they're so secret, I can't even talk about them. Nice. You got and, some some projects in the works? Yeah, I got some big projects. The, the weird thing is they're more in the graphic novel space. So it's like, I'm doing a, I'm doing a project now that I don't think is coming out until tw- like late next year, early the year after that. So oh, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of artists that are going that route there. It seems like there's a lot more, um, not so much monthly periodicals, but more like graphic novels or books, things that are going to go on a yeah. bookshelf in a bookstore um, yeah. that artists are working on compared to doing just like a regular comic book. Yeah, and I, I can't speak to other artists or other writers, um, but I, I I find the graphic novel form um, – really interesting because you 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 have you have more space to develop an idea you're not you you write a 20 20 or 22 page comic or even like the amelia chapters i do which are only four pages you're writing to the ending so you're always writing to hit the right note at the end of the issue or the end of the chapter and suddenly you're you know writing writing and drawing a 200 page thing and you're like ah how do i keep the audience engaged <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, for, we're for that long a time frame we're 80 pages into this and they got you know 120 more so how do i structure this to keep it it's just it's an interesting change of pace um and you know you know as well as i do how tumultuous the comic book industry is um you know, you have the direct market, and the direct market certainly has its struggles. Um, and, you know, bookstores have their struggles, too. So it's interesting to try to sort of play in a different space and see how things land. Um, but, yeah, I, my my next two or three projects are all, are all graphic novels, um, which is kind of, I mean, honestly, it's one of the reasons I kind of have to do something like Amelia's Shadows, where it's like, you're not going to see anything else I do for a couple years. So mm-hmm. here's just a little four page thing every week. Please remember that I exist. Yeah. <laughs> so that I, when I, these I, things come out, you uh-huh. will buy them. Well, I remember way, way back in the day uh, when DC started putting out those Earth One hardcovers mm-hmm. um, and the, the Superman ones they did that Shane Davis did the artwork for. Yeah. Um, I remember reading it, either hearing an interview or reading something or maybe even talking to him at a convention about it. And he was talking about how being tied down to a book like that for so long, people were going to forget his name and that he was yeah. an artist because he wasn't going to have anything on a regular basis coming out. 
and there was going to be a year gap between the the project he had was working on and this this Earth One book. Yeah, and he almost felt like it was a a, a detriment to him because you're going to forget who that person that that artist is. Yeah, and it's I mean it's generally a concern. I mean, you know we. As creators, we live and live or die sort of by our fan bases, which is why all of us are on Twitter when we probably should just <laughs> keep our mouths shut and do our work. Uh, you know, and you, the audience is used to that monthly thing. Even people like me, because I, I, I haven't done a lot of monthly books. I think really I've only had two monthly books in my career. Um, and you know, one of them was at CrossGen, and CrossGen shut down like <laughs> after ten issues of my book. Uh-huh. So it's a very short-lived monthly book. Um, you know, and the X Files was the other. Um, yeah. You know, if you're and if you're not doing a monthly book, you know, it's 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 tough to to sort of build up and maintain a fan base. And there's there's part of it. Um, that, you know, you you kind of. On one hand, you kind of can't think about it. You can't worry about that sort of stuff. But uh, but it's a business, and you you know you need your fans. You need fans who are going to follow you from project to project. Um, yeah. So that you get to do more projects. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a weird little tightrope. Comics is such <laughs> a weird place to to try to make a living. But um, uh-huh. you know, I I think you if you do stuff consistently, even someone like me, you know. Going and doing, you know, I do if back in the IDW days doing two, two or three story arcs on Doctor Who a year. You know, you, you do you build up a fan base and then they hopefully follow you on to whatever the next thing it is that you're doing. So you can still have a yeah. career. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, it's, it's been quite some time since you and I have chatted and both of us are Doctor Who fans. Yes. Um, what? How? What did you think of the the Doctor Who on TV? Let's let's talk about just regular Doctor Who. What did you well, think of the Jodie Whittaker era? And what do you think about what we have coming up with her regenerating into somebody and mm-hmm. uh, David Tennant coming back next year? Well, first off, let me say how annoyed I am that IDW gave up the Doctor Who license right before Capaldi because Capaldi is basically a walking <laughs> Matthew Dow Smith character. Um, yeah. I just, I'm so <laughs> mad I never got to draw him because he really, that's exactly the kind of face, the kind of clothes and stuff that I love to draw. Uh-huh. And I, I loved Capaldi's run. Um, I'm always sort of amused that people didn't like Clara because I think she's a great character. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I, I think the actor, actress is fantastic. I, you know, the, the, it's complicated talking about the, the, the Jody Chibnall years. Um, I love Jody. I think she's great. Okay. I haven't liked the last few series as much. I've struggled with some things about it. I love mm-hmm. the new master though. I really, I thought that was, I thought that was really inspired. Okay. Um, yeah, it's tricky. Cause this is the first period of time where I've been watching doctor who just as a fan, not as somebody like, trying to keep track of things specifically for work. I mean, you know, yeah. I used to have to watch Doctor Who and make note of things for stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that took a little getting used to. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I've struggled during the Chibnall era. era. I would, you know, never trash uh, anybody 
making a TV show because TV shows are incredibly difficult to make, um, especially a TV show like this, where people have such strong ideas of what they want to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've struggled. I've struggled. I'm, I'm very curious to see how much of this stuff they wrap up. My understanding is they're not going to wrap up too much of it. Um, with the timeless child, I think I think I'd read an interview where he's going to leave a lot of that just hanging for the next showrunner, who is the original showrunner. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think they're they're better off just kind of leaving that. I, I I'm almost hoping that when uh, when Russell Davies takes over, he just kind of leaves that and continues on with whatever he has planned. And yeah, uh, you know, if if he needs that as a a plot thread for something in an episode or two, you know, it's there for him to use, but otherwise you can just kind of let it go. I think it's something, it's one of those, it, again, you know, we're fans, but we also, we watch the show going, well, that's not what I would have done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, which is a really, really not great way to watch a TV show. If I'm being honest, um, you know, I think the timeless child concept, I think there's a lot of stuff you could do with it. That would be very interesting. Boy, did that come out of left left field? Yeah, um, and i I think there are some people in the audience who really, really hated it a lot more than I hated it. But it it did it did come out of left field. It does create some problems. It's Doctor Who. You can fix any problem. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> that's one of the great things about it. it's like. Well, this doesn't actually make sense. Um, you know, I and I. I think the the one thing the one thing that sort of bothers me about it is I think Jody Jody Whitaker I think has so much potential as a doctor and um I feel like we just barely scratched the surface of what she could have done and I I'm sure you know different people will have different reasons for that um Based on you know whatever thing is making us grumpy about Doctor Who this month, <laughs> I'm yeah. not grumpy about Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. I love that it's on my my screen. Yeah. Um, I have absolutely no idea what what David Tennant is doing there. Um, we'll find out. Um, I'm excited that we get you know one last glimpse of Wilf. Um, uh huh. Uh, one last, one last performance from the late, great Bernard. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I literally, it's like, I have, I haven't been paying attention to any spoilers. I just know what kind of shows up in my, my Twitter feed from time to time. And I saw those set photos. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't care. I'm going to watch this. It's going to be great. Yep. Um, I love Tenet. I, you know, my, he was sort of, he was the first doctor I really got to draw on a regular basis. Um, I hate the pinstripes because they're such a pain to draw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, sometimes um, even, even watching it, you're going to go from a technical, uh, you know, an artistic aspect. Yeah. Uh, I, and, I, you know, I'm looking at his hair going, that's not quite the same hair. So I wonder what's going on. And this is clearly some sort of alternate version of the doctor. I don't know. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm I'm excited to see I'm excited to see how they they see what they wrap up of sort of the the Thirteenth Doctor arc. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, they got to kill the master, though, right? Isn't that kind of tradition at this point? <laughs> New doctor, you, kill the master? Well, uh, past showrunners, yes. Yes. With, Who knows? With, with Chibnall, is totally up in the air. You, you just, you <laughs> never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, my forecast of Doctor Who is whatever, it's, whatever Russell's going to do, it's going to be crazy. Um, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm genuinely looking forward to kind of where it's such a weird position to have an old showrunner come back yeah. to, to see, cause his approach to the, the particularly the, the ninth doctor, I mean, you know, it was very sort of kid friendly feeling mm-hmm. and slowly got darker and darker. It's like, well, how's he going to approach it now? And I'm, I'm very curious to see how he does that. See, I, he, I am too, yeah. especially not only that, but, the the amount of time that has gone has passed in between the time he left till mm-hmm. now and all the stuff that he's done in between how mm. how his outlook on Doctor Who may have changed or his yeah. his way of show running or the the stories he wants to tell might be totally you know 180 degree different from what he gave us in the past and no matter what he does people are going to be angry about it so yeah. <laughs> There's no way around that. When you're a showrunner for no. Doctor Who, you're no. you're not going to please 100% of the people 100% of the time. So you just yeah. kind of have to make your choices, go with it. And uh, like I was, I was chatting with some other people. You know, uh, us as fans watching uh, a season of Doctor Who, it might not be your your cup of tea at this point in time. But you know, yeah. a year down the road or two years down the road, it might be right back where you're you're back in your happy place. Yeah, and that's I think that's very true, and that's you know as everybody always says about the show, that's sort of the longevity of the show. It's a different show, constantly. Yeah, yeah. you know, the, the, actually, the thing that I I learned with this new iteration of Doctor Who was every time the first few new Doctors, every time they announced a new Doctor, I'm like, oh, that's a terrible choice. That that person's never going to work. And I learned after Matt Smith to just be like, okay. Because it's always they're always going to do something I find interesting. They're yeah. always going to do a great job. They announce a new doctor. You just go, okay, we'll see what happens with this one. Um, yeah. Instead of getting getting on the message boards and being like, oh my god, I can't believe <laughs> Peter Capaldi's going to be the doctor. Actually, Peter Capaldi was the first one where I went, oh yeah, that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yep. It was like, yep, that's a good choice. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's not going to be a problem at all. I just hope he doesn't swear too much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, but that, yeah, that's the nature of Doctor Who. It's always different. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's going to be so in your sort of taste zone, and sometimes it's going to be a little off. And I, I guess that's probably the best way for me to describe my reaction to the Chibnall years is like, there's some really good episodes. It looks fantastic. I think it's the best looking Doctor Who has ever been. Um, and um, there have certainly been some episodes that I think stand up there with yeah. some of the best of New Who. Mm-hmm. You know, but then there are also episodes where I'm like, eh, I don't quite get this one. Uh, but it is pretty, and Jody is great, and I think they've done... Uh, a uniquely good job casting um, companions for this, this era. Yeah. I think the companions, you know, we can 
quibble about sort of some of the writing of the companions, but I, I think the the, um, the the casting choices have been really good. So I mean, you know, who knows? It's Doctor Who. I'm gonna watch it, and I'll you know uh-huh. maybe even maybe even wear my fourth Doctor scarf and um, you know sit with my uh, sit with my TARDIS keychain. Uh, watching watching everything between now and the the beginning of the the new series proper um you know new doctor no idea no idea what it's going to be like but we'll find out yep exactly always along for the ride yeah i mean it's doctor who i never hate doctor who yeah exactly there's just eras you like more than others Uh i still am obsessed with the sylvester mccoy era and continuously annoyed andrew cartmel <laughs> so good, Andrew. Uh-huh. You did such a good job. Yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> no, I I totally agree. Cartmel's stuff was good. They were they were just hitting a, a high note when they got yep. canceled. That's the weirdest thing about doing Doctor Who comics is that now I'm friends with Andrew Cartmel, and it's like literally talking about the Cartmel master plan with Andrew Cartmel. <laughs> it's like, you know, there wasn't really necessarily like a written down plan. We just kind of had this idea. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's fascinating. This should be a DVD thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> should have this on a DVD thing. I can sit here and talk to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, once you're in the doctor who family, that's, that's kind of the thing about this is that it just, you know, like I said, we just all love doctor who so much. And, you know, we get together uh, at conventions and, and things like that. And, and literally, we just sit there talking just like any other fans. We're just uh-huh. just nerds for all this stuff, um, which is fun. I love it. Yep, definitely. Well, uh, the the special that you are, have worked on uh, is supposed to come out in October at mm-hmm. some point. Um, but I'm, I'm, I know plenty of fans, uh, myself included, are looking forward to this coming out. And uh, I can't wait to see what Dan Slat's story has. Uh, and uh, it's a trip. <laughs> it is. It is insane. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's going to be. It's, it's his first Doctor Who story, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to your artwork as well as Chris Jones and Mike Collins and everybody. And uh, thanks for taking time out of your schedule to chat with me today, Matthew. And uh, it's nice catching up with you again. Always a pleasure, my friend. Many thanks to Matthew Dowsmith for joining me on this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. After not talking to Matthew for several years, it was great to catch up again to talk Doctor Who and comics and his work on the Doctor Who special that's coming out next month. So thank you, Matthew, for a great conversation, and I hope those of you who just got done listening to it enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you all for downloading this new episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and uh, I hope we will see you again next time. Make sure and leave me a positive review on iTunes. Like I said, leave me a, a snapshot. Let me know on Twitter or Facebook, and I will send you a spiffy Doctor Who panel-to-panel button. And until next time, this is Jeremy Bement saying bye. Doctor Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who comics, thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel to Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2 being the number 2, and online at DoctorWhoComics.com. Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org. Just search for Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Thank you.